bringing you the boogaloo, regardless of the weather. From the eye of the storm, right here in the nation's capital, I'm bringing you the boogaloo. Should I just start? I, I like how that sounded. Let me just start. <laughs> Hello and good evening, everyone, and welcome to Deep V's for Vendetta. I'm your host, Speedo Josh, and this is the show where we talk about turning points in society and what America might look like in 2030, sometime, 2030 years, sometime in our lifetime. This week, I'm joined by my buddy James and his his own thoughts about our about the Boogaloo and our you know continuing series on the Boogaloo. James, hey, uh, how'd you like to introduce yourself? Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, well, I am a, I'm a former uh, business owner from the American heartland, surrounded by all those awful conservatives. Um, <laughs> With their bright red hats oppressing you from their uh, farms two miles away from your door. Yes, the bastards always come running when they see smoke to make sure the house is on fire. What kind of fuckers are they? <laughs> What good neighbors. Uh, um, yeah, so you're, you're coming from us. You are, uh, you know, the prime candidate for, uh, I guess, the Boogaloo. You are in America's heartland. Or you are a business owner slash former business owner. And, I don't know, the red-blooded American. How about that? Yeah, the stronghold. I actually, uh, if we're talking Boogaloo, I wouldn't think it would start here, Josh. Uh I think this is, like I said, I think this is a stronghold. I think that the heartland won't even be contested. I mean, I don't even see shots being fired if there were an actual boogaloo in a place like Kansas City or St. Louis. Um, maybe a few, but nothing organized. It's just too one-sided out here. Uh, the places boogaloos are going to start are places like Maryland and Vermont, the places that are passing these red flag laws that are in the battleground states where it's a little bit more 50-50. There we go. That's the big thing I think you want to talk about tonight, which is red flag laws and how that might, uh, you know, cause outrage, uproar, and possible violent protest in our country. And uh, you, you bring up two relevant recent examples, which are, uh, let's start out the case in Maryland. That is, what 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 town in Maryland was it? Uh, Fernan, Fernandale, Maryland. I think it's near Baltimore. Um, there was a case where... Uh, with red flag law uh, through red flag laws a man's uh the police attempted to seize a man's gun from his home but he fought back uh fired a fight with the cops and he was shot and killed um yeah, it was a 61 year old man if i remember correctly yes yeah that's what i'm looking at right now yeah and they still haven't released uh, exactly why they went to his house yet it's all uh you know uh, uh privacy issues they can't release that information um, no, so. which is uh, you know, a little bit suspicious uh, as far as police activity goes. Yeah, as far as any government activity goes, I mean, that's, you know, that's really the problem with the red flag laws. Um, and the reason that uh, the red flag laws will set off a boogaloo is uh, you're, you're denying people's basic rights based on hearsay. I mean, it, it, that's what it comes down to. Now, let's let's step back one second and kind of give an outline of what red flag laws are and where they are applicable and which states have passed them. I think I have a list right here. Um, so can you give a description of, of what red flag laws are and uh, what rights they are possibly infringing upon or why people don't like them or why people do like them? Well, I mean, it, all of them are a little different. 
obviously, uh, the bureaucrats love to justify their existence by making small changes to everything. Uh, so <laughs> you will see differences in each individual red flag law. They are not all exactly the same. But the general principle behind them is that you empower a certain class of people, whether that be family members in some cases or police officers, mental health professionals, someone to determine that you are a risk that for some reason you have raised a red flag and now law enforcement has the um, legal authority that they need to come into your home and take your guns by force if necessary. Um, and uh, it's obviously already caused some problems uh, and hypothetically uh, has a lot of uh, terrible uses and uh, it's just not really a good way to govern a populace, I would say. <laughs> Well, At least not here in America. And and from what I'm seeing too, that's uh, they're very very reactionary laws, very uh, um, you know passed very quickly, uh, brought up very quickly. Um, what I'm seeing is uh, before 2018, there were only five states that had um, red flag laws. So that was California, Washington, Oregon, Indiana, and Connecticut. Uh, but then after the Parkland shooting in Florida last year, 2018 another what is this um i'm not gonna count that that's like another 10 states another 10 states pretty much passed red flag laws um including uh, our case right here maryland so that's uh you know it's it's in response to the let's say epidemic or uh you know excess of school shootings that we've seen in recent history and it may not necessarily or it's it's you know very quickly passed very quickly brought uh, brought to order and we're finding out now uh, a year later and we'll find out over the next five, 10, however many years, what the consequences are, what the extent of the law is and how much they will protect it after you know, their various court cases and precedents. So there's a, you know, there's a lot to look at very early on. Well, and I think one of the key points there is that a lot of it's very reactionary. There's not a lot of good common sense going into this. I think that's, that's one of the favorite terms that gets thrown around when we're talking about these uh, these gun control topics is common sense gun control. Well, well, what really is common sense gun control? Is common sense gun control going to include, you know, someone's uh, girlfriend, lover, ex-wife? Um, you know, maybe maybe a couple is separated, um, and you got a guy with a lot of guns at home. Maybe he has a, a nice gun collection. Maybe it's one safe. Maybe it's a whole room. Maybe he's got a whole thousand rounds of ammunition, Josh. And thousand um, rounds, I, I know. know. <laughs> and uh, and then that uh, that wife, that estranged girlfriend, doesn't need to provide any proof whatsoever to go to the police and say, "Hey, um, you're he scares me. Uh, he's he has espoused some dangerous beliefs in the past in my presence, and I think he's a danger to himself and others." And that's all it takes to go and take all of that private property from that person in their home by force if necessary. Yeah. Now, now that you're explaining like that, there's, there's a lot, uh, there, there are a lot more um, uncertainties about it. A lot more, uh, uh, a lot more suspicions about it in that, like you were saying, an ex-wife uh, from what I was reading, at least for Maryland, um, the, the case is that, uh, the mother of your children can be the person to report you. Your roommate, a, a cohabitant, can be the person to report you. A someone you're dating or in a romantic relationship with 
can be the person to report you, which is, of course, as we know, uh, very uh, can be ambiguous to define, to say the least. So there's yeah. a lot going on there. I don't know what the I think you're saying that they don't really need evidence. And I, I um, whether or not that's the case, I, I want to ask you uh, looking forward to the next, let's just say five years over the next five years um, when these cases are brought to court, when um, let's, 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 okay, let's say for the next five years, more people die or more people contest these red flag laws and uh, the court cases that come to pass. What do you think the legal precedent will be for how much evidence is needed uh, to report someone? To be honest, I don't have a lot of faith in the next five years. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like I, I honestly expect this to follow the trend of our uh, sexual assault and our rape laws where they're just going to broaden definitions, they're going to broaden terms, uh, they're going to lessen the uh, burden of evidence, um, and it's all going to be done uh, on the base of, basis of it's okay if we catch up a few innocent people in this because we're saving lives. And, and that's going to be the justification for it, just like it's been the justification in colleges uh, for the different sexual assault uh, initiatives that they've presented and done. Um, I think it's going to go the exact same way. I think we've already set the precedent. Okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think comparing it to the, the Me Too movement and the uh, sexual assault, the light being shed on sexual assault cases, false and true, has um, is definitely a good comparison. And that's, uh, I could see it progressing very similarly, like you're saying, where kind of definitions are broadened and uh, legal standard is is lowered and this is something i was talking to jake about the other day is that um especially with guns and gun laws definitions get broadened all the time uh and classifications of guns so just kind of tangentially they're already uh, legislation is already pushing to um kind of take advantage of ambiguity and uh in gun laws and if they can do that on this front too with red flag laws uh, i think that will definitely uh, keep progressing and keep uh, limiting um, gun ownership rights. Oh, yes. Uh, and, you know, it's I, I think in the end, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, you hate to try and put words in people's mouths, but all of this is incremental. It's just steps. And right now it's assault weapons. They're the, the boogeyman for the boogaloo. But <laughs> Next week, it's going to be handguns. Eventually, it's going to be your hunting rifles. Like the, the meme right now is look at the ammo they're banning compared to the ammo you use to shoot a deer. Because my 30-06 looks and sounds scary as shit. And it's perfectly legal under a hunting rifle law. But yeah, it'll but put you... a hole in two men standing back to back. Yeah, you use like, you know, larger shots or larger rounds to hunt deer because they have tougher skins and are bigger than humans. <laughs> Yes, and there's a lot of those guns out there, and they're very dangerous, and um, all of the same logic that can be used to take an assault rifle from you can be used to take a handgun from you, it can be used to take a hunting rifle from you, it can be used to take a shotgun from you, it can be used to take all of your rights from you. So it sounds like uh, what you're predicting is that there's going to be a gradual degradation of gun ownership rights, and that there's pretty much never going to be uh, Lee or never going to be leeway given, never going to be a um, you know swing back in the other direction. Uh, 
is 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 this what you're you're predicting or is this what you actually yes. think? No, I, I I'm predicting it, and I to be honest, Josh, I think it's a safe prediction. I I think it's kind of like saying the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Um, when you just you look at the polls, you look at the demographics. Um, I can't remember who did the polling. Um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not big on on citing research all the time. Google is a thing. Everybody can go out there and check it out. Um, but recently there was a poll where uh, whites are the only racial demographic that is currently a majority in favor of gun rights. And it's a close thing now. And if you look oh. at the demographic shifts in uh, the electorate uh, across the board in America, um, it, there's fewer and fewer whites every year. And there's more and more uh, you know, Latinos, African-Americans. And in those demographics, it's not even close. It's 70, 80 percent of them are in favor of some form of gun control. I think it's inevitable. Um, I to, to plan. I don't know if you know anything about this and to plan to stereotype. Do you think that, uh, for example, that has anything to do with uh, experience and with and fear of gang and cartel violence? Uh, you know, I think that fear is actually a huge motivator behind a lot of the gun control. Uh, I think you're right. Um, I think that ignorance of guns is also to blame. Um, and I think that in a lot of those uh, demographics, you it's one or the other. Either your, you know, the majority of your uh, involvement with guns is going to be gang related. It's going to be the police. It's not going to be your dad took you out hunting or shooting. And I think that's the only reason that there has been a stronghold in the demographic of white Americans is because, you know, a lot of kids grew up. My dad couldn't even own guns because he was a felon. And even I got to learn how to shoot uh, a pellet gun and got to shoot real guns with other guys who could legally um, own them and handle them. Okay, yeah, that, that's a you know positive experience, positive relationship with guns growing up, a non-violence, uh, non you know harming humans relationship with guns growing up. That's not what a lot of people have, and now a lot of people who are uh, even in your situation or don't have personal negative relationships with guns are seeing on the news every day or every week or month some new uh, crazed shooter, whether at a school or a nightclub or uh, some via some terrorist activity whether it's in the u.s or france or uh, london or um there's a a lot of uh, media media hysteria um whether you believe it's uh, justified or not there's a lot of media hysteria over gun violence and i think that's uh going to cement in a lot of people i a lot of people in negative relationship with guns who would otherwise have either no relationship or a positive relationship well, that's the problem, Josh, is a lot of them don't have any relationship with guns. And that's where you've seen the eroding support for gun control or gun uh, rights is these people who have never handled or shot a gun in their lives. They do not truly understand how a gun works, how it functions, what it needs to function, the difference between a semi-automatic and automatic weapon and a bolt action rifle. They just don't know. They and they what the, the big thing that I notice is they don't understand more than anything how simple guns are. Guns aren't something you can legislate out of existence. Guns aren't something that you can make go away with red flag laws. And and guns are always going to be here. They're here to stay. 
they've been here since what a thousand years ago the chinese came up with the first guns something like that they had a gunpowder a while back yeah and and it's not going away fellas um and you can do what the the trolls and the uh, meme experts do every time they have a gun buyback program and make your own shotgun with about 10 or 15 dollars worth of materials <laughs> and it's real effective yeah if, if engineers a thousand years ago could do it uh you know anyone today with again access to a hardware store or a 3d printer or whatever can create a gun okay so this this is uh kind of goes forward with our discussion looking to the future looking at the uh the degradation the recession of gun rights it sounds like you don't think that we're just going to uh, magically be, magically become some um gun scarce culture like a, a japan or a uk or something where you know guns are pretty strictly illegal and um pretty much only going to be held by uh, uh you know whatever criminals or gang violence or international uh folk hold the man the man yeah the man that too <laughs> um so that's uh i'm guess it sounds like you don't think it's going to just become that you think america specifically at least is going to uh retain ownership of guns whether self-made or whatever well i think that you just can't get rid of them even those other places guns are there it's like australia if somebody really wants an automatic weapon in australia they're gonna get it um it doesn't it, it the guns are there in those places and the guns will maintain in America. But I think that, it, to be honest, to your point, I think we're going to be a lot more like those places in the next five years than we are now. Um, I think a lot of those same gun control laws and same principles are coming here. And I think it's somewhat inevitable, barring some sort of boogaloo. Okay. Okay. Um, one tangent first. I want to, uh, with becoming a lot more like um, some of those places, like uh, in europe or across the world um yes like a uk or japan as it's my specifics for gun scarce places like that are like america um with the uk elections recently i've heard a lot of commentary that our conservative party might become more like theirs where it's more of a um social democrat i think that's the term people are using um yeah first thing, i'm wondering what you think about this that after the anomaly that is trump is uh, eventually out of office what what do you think is going to happen to the republican party and conservatives in general well it's definitely moving left um you know i think historical trends show that we're going left we're going left we're going left that's that's the only direction that the world really moves until you have some sort of seismic shift back um and i think the last one of those we had was probably world war ii so it, it i i don't see the elements being there right now um for an actual shift right i think that that always takes uh, a great amount of bloodshed i think you can see it historically yeah and there's a uh, on the the political commentating side like political pundit side i i do see a lot of push to uh move right i'll just say right now the uh, what what i've observed or he's been following news on is the whole um nick fuentes trying to go con like classic conservative right versus charlie kirk of what is it turning point usa both trying bo both big influences on young people in the college campus crowd and um whether they are swaying left or right for conservatives there is a fight going on right now um but i, I i'm 
I am in agreement with you that uh, I think that will that it will just keep swaying left until some big turning point. And then we get to the exciting point of the night. James, Boogaloo or no, and what will it take to happen? Uh, I think a Boogaloo is definitely going to come. Now, whether it's going to be a large-scale successful Boogaloo or another Waco, Texas, remains to be seen. But I think it's going to end up being something very similar to Waco, Texas. I actually... Um, the stuff that was going on in was Montana with uh, the group that took over the ranger station. It was all about uh, grazing rights. I actually thought that that may blow up into the Boogaloo, but it ended up only getting one guy shot and killed. Uh, but uh, it, it didn't go off like I thought it might. But those kinds of situations, I think, are what's going to cause it. I think one of these red flag laws is going to come down on somebody who's not on their own and it's going to cause backlash in numbers. And there's going to come a, a, a turning point where basically they either have to be put down or you have to reverse the laws. And I don't think that this government um, is going to reverse any laws uh, once Trump is out of office. <laughs> And um, I think that you're going to see a, a clampdown. And then the question is, are we the patriots uh, that started this country? Or are we the incestuous uh, commie scum that has destroyed <laughs> it from within? Um, well, well, with that, with the... Um obviously they're going to be before some big scale thing is going to happen. They're probably going to be some other small scale things like a, uh, more Waco, Texas style things, individual, uh, folks on their property, individual little compounds or, uh, you know, whatever, just, um, trying to protect their land, gun rights, um, things like that. And the government can continuously shut them down. And whether it's one a month, one a year, one every few years, one every week, uh, you know, it's, if they're one offs like that, it, do you think that that will have enough of an effect to um, cause a great shift? Or do you think there will... Well, I guess yeah, I'm going to start start with that. Do you think if it's one-offs of individual cases like Waco, Texas, or or I think yeah, I was just looking up the, the Montana was... I don't know. what That, that yeah, um, the it, other case. It, do you that think that will be enough? Than Waco. You know, Waco was Clinton era. The Montana thing was happening while Obama was president. Um, uh, it, I think that it, you're, you can't separate the two. The little one-off flash in the pans, one of those taking place at the proper time and the proper place is what causes the boogaloo. It's what caused the American Revolution. It's what causes every great movement in human history. It, you can't it, – it's not an election there's no grassroots push door to door to say, hey, we need to stand up and fight for our rights. We need to bleed and die for this country. It's just one day you wake up and you see your fellow man being trodden upon and you either help him or you pull a Germany and you turn the other way and you let him get his rights taken away and you let him get scapegoated and you hope you're not next. Well, with regards to whether or not it would uh, 
embodied be embodied by some grassroots movements or be kind of overwhelming or sweeping what i would predict is that if the the media media mainstream media continues with current trends and um or that something like events like this that uh, uh you know the start of a boogaloo would kind of be could be silenced on a media front or even if you look at a various deplatforming examples if you want to look at whoever want to be talking about this on uh, twitter or youtube or um yeah where, wherever online well, look what where they've they can... done with hong kong yeah that's I mean, uh, that that's a great being example censored in western societies josh that's not oh, yeah. being censored by fucking china i hope everybody no, that's no. listening to this realizes that it's being censored kong. by blizzard and twitch yes people are being censored who are being shot and killed and imprisoned against their will by Western companies, by Western governments. It's happening right fucking now. If you don't think they'll do it to you, look at what they're doing right now. Yeah, and that's, um, I think uh, I was listening to a stream by uh, Joshua Moon, Nall of Kiwi Farms, and he he was making, he, he was uh, elaborating very well the point that China is such an economic, um, you know, economic oil field for American companies. So uh, looking for, for example, uh, what I'm thinking of regarding Hong Kong people being silenced or, or I guess let's just say support for Hong Kong. There was a big, uh, I think it was a Hearthstone tournament um, on Twitch and something like a hundred million people watching uh, over, over the however many streams they had. And most of them, like mo by most, I mean like 90 million were Chinese. So obviously, Blizzard and Twitch uh, just completely cut off and uh, closed the streams of the the streamers who were um, like supporting Hong Kong and uh, advocating for that. Uh, so that that's the big thing I'm hearing regarding why uh, Western societies is are are standing with um, I guess standing with China and in support of that. But oh yeah, let's let's go back a second. Let's talk about the situation in Hong Kong. What well, it's been going on for. Six months, a year now? How long? Yeah, God, it's it's been it, close to a year, if not. I, it, it's been going on far too long for nothing to have been done about it. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. There was like Trump, Trump signed like one thing that was uh, semi in support of Hong Kong or just saying we support some something, something. Mouth talk. But yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, it, it's not doing anything actively. It's just signing some stance and it's not yeah. changing anything or putting uh, you know stopping the extradition or violence of uh, against protesters or um anything there so well and even with yeah. the rhetoric he's been harder on greta like if if we're gonna be honest <laughs> he needs to it, it, that's one thing that i feel trump is failing on right now that it's a big opportunity for him where he can put himself directly at odds with all the globalists and really entrench himself with his base is if he would just take a stand on Hong Kong that was hardline and just uh, he doesn't even have to do it with policy. That's the beauty of Trump. He can do it on fucking Twitter. And oh, if, he, yeah. if he goes hard enough on Twitter, it will make a seismic shift in the entire world. And I, I, I think would love would if something like that happened. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's. Okay, now, with Hong Kong right now, uh, with I haven't heard anything in the last like couple days or week. Do you know if there's been any major updates uh, recently? I mean, uh, 
there's stuff that you get you see on reddit there's stuff that you can pick up online here and there but they're doing a really effective job of silencing it and not talking about it you know i know a lot more about greta's vacation plans than i do oh, about hong kong and it's not because i'm not looking i don't no, do a bunch of cited research but i do like to go down wikipedia holes and get into what's going on in the world and check multiple sources to see who's saying what and there's just a big silent hole where there should be a lot of discussion yeah that's actually a really good point you're making because i've uh just um so i get a lot of my news from the a lot of my news from the wall street journal 10 point it's just a newsletter they send out and back when the hong kong stuff started you know it's just just extradition rights uh extradited to the mainland china and it looked like the, the prime minister was on people's side and they were just going to back down problem solved after a month of protesting whatever but then it kept going on and then you know there was some violence and people were getting hurt a uh, million people out for protests record numbers and then since there's been actual controversy, actual, whether it be the NBA or Twitch or Blizzard or Disney or whomever, uh, whoever supporting um, mainland China and silencing Hong Kong, I haven't seen anything in the Wall Street Journal 10 point or uh, like other various news sources, like whatever Reuters headlines I read or bits of news I, I gather. Um, I haven't seen anything in probably about a month or so since there was the um the the hearthstone tournament uh a twitch example and a bunch of people were talking about that for about a week and uh yeah even yeah i haven't heard anything really since then should make a really good point with this yeah i mean you've got a lot of people out there trying to put the word out there it's like i say you see it on reddit you see those gamers, those people on Twitch still out there trying to fight the good fight and like stand with Hong Kong, but it's, it, it is being silenced. It is being ignored, you know, time person of the year, perfect opportunity to actually make it mean something again, actually yes. do the Hong Kong protester. It's a meme right now because of how obvious it was. Yeah. That's an example that actually means something to, society around the world and that's actually influencing things and causing cultural shifts well and it solves both problems josh and that's the the terrible thing about that is if you you talk about human rights but also if you want to talk about pollution in the government or or, or the government oh, yeah having an China. on the planet <laughs> like let's go look at the tape guys Let's look at the last 10 years. Let's look at what's been happening. You know, Western countries on that front are making massive strides. And it, 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 it's turned into, again, another way to take your rights away. And that's the thing. That's why Hong Kong isn't being talked about is because if they talk about Hong Kong, people are going to start thinking real hard about the red flag laws because you'd be surprised how similar the thinking of the red flag laws is to the thinking of a lot of the laws that China has that allow them to do what they're doing right now in Hong Kong. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's um so so I guess speaking from the legislative side, uh I think I heard a couple months ago there's a big election in Hong Kong and 
pretty much Hong Kong or whatever political party or whatever side is very much in support of Hong Kong independence and, uh, you know, not ceding rights to, to China. Uh, a bunch of representatives, like some like 80 percent of open spots were uh, that party of candidates were voted in. However, um, oh, this is this is where I need to have my numbers. Uh, if I recall or something I've heard is that uh, I believe mainland China may still have more spots in the, the Hong Kong Congress or legislature. Um, so regardless of what they do, there's not really a lot of changing laws or, or even though there's been this, uh, you know, shift. Well, in I'm sad to say because, you know, I would, there really may not like necessarily be a lot of changing laws. Tell in Hong which Kong case, that we are uh, the America of the 1930s what comes and 40s next? What comes and next that we're going to come Hong Kong. and we're going to help, but we're not. You're on your own. Western society is gone. That we have our own problems, we have our own things, and our media machine is too good at making everybody forget. So for Hong Kong to truly become independent, I think that they're going to have to have some kind of miracle and trigger some crazy uprising within China itself because I don't see the rest of the world stepping in to do anything about it. And I right now I agree. A month a month or two ago, uh, my thoughts were, oh, if something drastic happens to Hong Kong, of course America's going to step in. This is you know a, an economic center of the world. This is a you know big ally of ours. This is China infringing upon the free world and the rights of millions of people and mil millions of first world people. But from everything you're saying and everything I've I've observed or you know not seen over the last couple of months. I've shifted from the thoughts of, oh, we're yeah, going to have World War III to, Josh, oh, uh, nothing's going to happen. We're just sad. losing it's Hong Kong. Today. Great. Just sink into the ocean or sink into the ocean that is the Red Ocean, as it were. <sighs> yeah, really. That's um, that's a shame uh, that that's, that's what it looks like right now, at least. Um, but, however... Uh, America. Let's 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 Still step back to America. Let's step back cups, to right? yeah. the, the, I guess let's say heart <laughs> of Western society. No matter how I uh, know, tainted, I loved that. Um, you may say, oh, it is. keep doing uh, it for the memes, let's step back boys. And see. Oh goodness gracious! Hey, they, they got Boris in for another however long their terms are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, there are encouraging signs around Josh. It's not. Oh my all... gosh doom and gloom, that was uh, i have just learned to be that's great uh, that he won in a landslide too it's great you know, i hate to sound like i'm an old man now but i'm you know i'm getting into my mid-30s and i've been through a few decades now and i've seen the world change from the 90s to the 2000s 2010 and now 2020s rolling around and I, I just I've come to expect this movement, this shift, uh, and it, it seems silly, but uh, because some of the the ideals that you know uh, the Boogaloo would would fight for uh, seem so self-evident, uh, but it, it you know we've abandoned reason.
Okay, yeah. Um, and with that, what do you think it takes to cause a boogaloo in the U.S.? I think you were saying, you know, a series of Waco-like events. Uh, do you think it'll be over the course of, uh, and that, you know, one day we're going to wake up and it's just going to cross the line? Um, do you think it'll have to be, a, or it'll be years from now, months from now, decades from now, that it'll have to be an event, some major, uh, you know, major event or firefight where somebody's trying to protect his guns and his family happens every I mean, week, it, every it, month, it's every something year. Um, that sets yeah, do, off do you have any like, metric or idea in mind for and what throws what's happening point? into a stark light? And, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, do you remember Elliot Gonzalez? Do you remember the picture? The picture of him with a gun in his face? It's if you if you look up Elia Gonzalez, uh, it, it, you'll it's one of the first pictures you'll see um, in a Google image search. I don't search. think so. It has a picture it of I, it's one of the Alphabet Boys, and he's got an automatic weapon pointing at a child in I think a woman's arms, but it may be a man, and it. <laughs> Can't assume these okay. days, Josh. You cannot assume that it's in a man's arms but it right. is a person's yeah. arms yeah um but <laughs> but yes it, it was a cuban thing and uh, we, we sent that boy back what, to what flag is that and but the, the picture is i Cuba. think what is important there and that's the point i'm making here is that that is what if you have a picture of a dead child and you contribute that to a red flag law or to some sign of uh, government overreach, that would be that sort of outrage is what you need to cause an actual boogaloo because people have to be willing to go out and kill and die for change. And it just takes really bad things happening to get people uncomfortable enough for that because right now, you know, everybody's okay with talking about it. Everybody's okay with the slow slide and loss of our rights. Um, you know, in some ways we're even cheering it on and I'm just as guilty as anyone because one of the biggest losses of our rights that we willingly sign away every day is our, our right to privacy uh, that we sign away with all of these tech companies who, trust me, will not be on our side during the Boogaloo Boys. So if you think you're going to be Facebook oh, messaging yep. people and setting up meetups so you can go take down the man. No. Just know that Facebook is just as much the man <laughs> as Donald Trump or anybody else. No, that's that's what I'm gonna get to next. And I, I agree with the the power of the picture. Where um, what's that? I was just a uh, a month ago or a few weeks or a month ago. I was at the um the museum here in D.C. with my mom. It's uh it's shutting down in. At the end of the year, uh, Johns Hopkins bought the building, but um, the museum has an exhibit that's you know all of those um, just iconic pictures from news that evoke those feelings in people that you know just cause that are just more powerful than any words, any statistics, any uh, speech is is just seeing those pictures of like whether it be from 9/11 or Tiananmen Square or uh, whatever Hurricane Katrina, whatever uh, major event is happening, and whatever photographer uh, masterfully gets just the right shot of the right yes, human people to uh, you know move people in the right way. But but speaking of the tech companies and Facebook and uh, the media um, silencing uh, talk about Hong Kong. 
what if that picture can't get out there? What if anyone who wants to spread that picture is off of Facebook, off of, let's just say the internet, the whole, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Comcast and the ISPs and whoever just, you know, shut people down, uh, blacklisted. I think they can try. Anyone speaking out against I a think they will interest. try. There's, but um, at the same time, I think that for now, at least for now, we can confidently say that the internet is still relatively free they can't completely lock it down it's just too much for them to handle so far or at least they haven't shown their hand if they can because there's been many things that they wanted scrubbed from the internet that you can't find them on google very easily but uh if the fappening was any example or for a more serious note the uh christchurch shootings uh, <laughs> if there's a video yeah, if there's a video or if there's a picture, yeah, no, if there's something that Kiwi Farms yeah. need to see, want to see, once it's out there on the internet, it's not going to go away. Now, they'll crack down in other ways, though. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, they'll crack down in other ways, but um, I... It looks like that's the case. Yeah, it looks like that the, the internet, there's still some level of, uh, uh you know, freedom, un unpredictability uncontrollability actually uh what was it I, I would say i'm shoot, the familiar with it i've heard of it pl or platform yeah yeah that's okay. what I've uh, well, i don't know I'm exactly familiar, how it works i've never used it but it's uh, effectively it's for uh you know it's it's you know for hosting videos and live streaming video content but they've been uh advertising the launch of like peer-to-peer -peer or decentralized uh, style video hosting. hosting or something like that to where like it's it's i yeah i think that, that i think that makes sense i think that's what it would be like where um effectively they wouldn't be able to just take down a video because it's peer-to-peer -peer yeah, hosted it's not hosted by through their isp um yeah exactly and that's um that's you know for for torrents that uh, there's some success with torrents, honestly. There's a ISPs are pretty good about that. If um, pretty good about uh, fi or, you know, only if people you are use a VPN, shutting Josh. those down. But you know, for yeah, well, I'm thinking like uh, I, I never got in trouble with it, but I'm thinking like you know, five ten oh, years ago yeah. before VPN. I'm thinking like five ish years ago before VPN. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. They tried to make an example of a few people. I got a few notices in my emails and stuff. Uh, one time I got a notice that wasn't that was for a file that I hadn't even downloaded. I was downloading files. Don't get me wrong. But when I looked at the notice, <laughs> it was for something I hadn't downloaded. And then they were like, yeah, no, that was a mistake. We didn't mean to send you that one. So it's it's very unreliable. And yeah, they're going to have a really tough time. <laughs> If they, I would love to see something like that. I'd like to see that for uh, a social media service and for currency, to be honest. Oh, like a decentralized yes. currency, or what do you, what do you, or just peer to peer? You mean as yes, opposed to going yes, through a kind of like uh, what they Bitcoin, just with without all of the hoopla surrounding Bitcoin, I guess. Uh, just yeah. a way for a way to take the um, control okay. away from a small subsect of people. No, and that's uh, I think that 
is something that would be very useful uh, going forward, as especially with the problems there have been with, uh, I guess, freedom of commerce, I'll, I'll say, whether it be just people getting banned off of uh, PayPal or Stripe as payment processors, or whether banks are preventing people from having merchant accounts, or um, there, there are enough examples of this that it's not just one-offs and that it's an actual problem. So uh, if there were a, I guess, yeah, more accessible cryptocurrency uh, style way of paying for things, then um, that would be very beneficial to, you know, the future and uh, I guess personal freedoms and being able to not be shut down oh, by yeah. well, the Well, that's man. the problem. And that's why, uh, you know, I think it will take a boogaloo to really fix a lot of these things is because it's so insidious. It's hitting us on all fronts. You know, it, while you're worried about red flag laws, they're over here taking your private information with your streaming service. And while you're over here worried about Hong Kong, they've got some guy with his pants around his ankles and no lube in Montana. Like, it's just, it, it's so pervasive, it's hard to stay ahead of it all. Yes, definitely. And um, I want to touch on kind of one more major thing before, uh, before we start winding down. And that's uh, kind of the... I don't know if I want to call it the, the order of events or the uh, international relations with all this. So kind of how, how I see it, there's both the risk of a uh, international, well, I'll just say World War III, whether it be due to a Hong Kong situation inter intervening there, whether it be to the, the uh, mounting second Cold War with China and Russia that's, that's kind of going on right now, or it's uh, whether it be any other interest or in the Middle East or... Uh, I don't know, whoever else that the United States might get involved with in a world war with. And then there's the second thing, which is on the, you know, on the home, the home turf, the, the, our soil, which is the boogaloo, which is, uh, with mounting or with the deepening divides between political parties with certain personal rights, such as gun ownership being taken away at a, uh, an accelerating rate, um, and with, with no stop in sight, at least as far as the two of us see, um, there's the question of either what comes first and what happens if to the other, if one happens like, so what I would ask you is what do you think of international relations for the U S if the U S is undergoing some boogaloo event? I, I, I see other countries for the most part staying out of it. I mean, for all the talk, talk of Russian interference, you know, you just, I don't see another country putting boots on the ground in America, regardless of the situation. Um, I, I, I think that it would destabilize the rest of the world, but I think that if they made moves, it would be everywhere else. Um, you're going to see, you know, China and Russia going at each other long before you're going to see either of those countries coming all the way across the Pacific ocean to try and get a foothold here in America with our three and a half million or, 300 and uh, no it was way I, my number's way low it's like half a billion guns or something it was it was more than one gun per person and we've got 350 million people in the country now roughly yeah yeah so i i just don't see them doing that and it's i see them taking advantage of it elsewhere okay uh do you have any specifics where elsewhere or um well like i said i think that china and russia like at some point those two are going to either be at odds or team up uh and, and then it's it all, all holds are barred or all bets are off uh past that 
Because um, really, I, I see a lot of infighting in Europe. Uh, I, I see, to be honest, uh, the greatest conflict potential I see is between America and Western countries. Um, because they're all such hotbeds right now, and you just don't know what kind of radical uh, leaders are going to be put in charge and what kind of crazy fucking laws they're going to pass. And to be honest, uh, we're probably riper right now for a World War II style, you know, Hitler-esque moment in some country than we've ever been. Because there's the there's all of the emotional pleas and all of the propaganda and everything you need out there to just make a scapegoat and run with it. No, that's that's a good point. With all the... Um let's just say Antifa versus alt-righters or white supremacists or whatever side you want to say, whatever, however you want to label them um, with the, the radicalized left versus radicalized right. A lot of the, uh, the, the discourse is sounding um, as, as absurd as uh, some, let's just say Nazi discourse. And there has been violence in protests so, um, you know, it's on a much smaller scale, and uh, I, I don't see it institutionalized, institutionalizing quite to the extent, but I well, here, see where you're coming from. But that, in uh, other countries, yeah, you've seen and, it be much more widespread. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, in places in Europe, they have, you know, a single country can be a single uh, breeding ground for, um, you know, certain political party or ideas that – in the U.S., the U.S. is too diverse and spread out for that to happen. So, okay. Um, well, and you look in uh, Egypt, if I'm not mistaken, they're a nuclear country. Um, uh, I believe so. And uh, everybody forgets that country was under military control not all that long ago. Until like five years ago or something, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's – yes. Um, I, I think that's entirely possible. And I think it's much more likely it's going to happen somewhere else first, uh, and that will set it off. Um, I don't think the left and the right here are quite there, uh, like we're talking about barring some sort of crazy event um, uh, that, you know, some picture that changed the world or video. Okay, yeah. Um, and then let's, let's close on something a bit more fun. Tell me about your Boogaloo Bunker. What you got oh. right now? Well, to be honest, my Boogaloo Bunker, uh, I'm a real stockpiler of ammo. I have a whole... Probably about 2,500 rounds here. That's over 1,000. I know. It's way over 1,000. In fact, <laughs> I'm concerned, James. 50% of 1,000, Josh. <laughs> I am ready to slay so many alphabet boys you don't even know. Um, oh, I love that term. I love that term. It's I know. Me, to me too. It's been such a good one. Uh, you know, that, like I said, the 30 6 I got a hunting rifle. Um, they're great guns. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the gun that you see the sniper using in Saving Private Ryan was a 30 6 caliber. Um, they used to be in World War II, like the go-to, uh, you know, sharpshooter rifle caliber um, before they, you know, had all this 50 cal nonsense. And it's a great gun, and it can literally, if you have two men standing back to back with no body armor, uh, you can go through both of them unless you're at extreme range and at short range body armor really isn't going to help you a lot either. And then I of course have the, you know, trusty handgun. I've got a 45 ACP, um, you know, nothing special, plain Jane. Uh, and, uh, 
that's about it in my house. I, I need to get a good shotgun, um, but I just I don't get to shoot as often as I'd like. And between the rifle and the handgun, I've got everything I need covered. I mean, you're sounding a lot safer than my place. I got an attack cat and a million neighbors. <laughs> ah, well, I do have two miniature dachshunds that are quite vicious. Um, and they are my alarm system, so they make sure that the gun's out before you're in. There we go. That's uh, that's reassuring. So uh, I'm going to invite myself over during Boogaloo. Okay, j just in case yes. you're wondering. Yes, you're welcome. Case, See, you know. my... my, uh, my in case you hear some of the attic, it's not... The... <laughs> My selling point isn't the, the, the armament. It's that you will have food and water here. And we're in the middle of America. So like when it really comes down to it, probably not going to see a lot of Boogaloo around here. So we can just chill out and watch movies on my Plex server. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. Chef Cabin Apocalypse right there. Yes, it'll be perfect. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much for coming on and talking about your boogaloo with me. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug on the internet? Any uh, causes you want to talk about? Oh, well, no. To be honest, I, I hate the whole... I just always feel like it feels so fake to, to talk about causes on anything. I know there's a lot of well-meaning and sincere people that do it. I'm not knocking it. It's just not for me. If you ever want to know what I believe in, look at what I do. Um, but... I do want to plug the cabin boys. It's a great bunch of boys. Um, love those guys getting ready to see them here in a couple of months and uh, always looking forward to that. They give me a lot of my material and a lot of the things that I talk about uh, on a daily basis. And they change the way I think about things like boogaloos and gun rights. Yes, they are a great bunch of boys. And I need to get you and Jake in a hot tub together to, uh, to argue this out soon, Josh, soon. Maybe we can yes. do a live cam episode for the, uh, you know, the big swinging dick <laughs> Patreonies, you know what I mean? Oh, that would be hilarious. Get a microphone right by a bubbling hot tub and then a camera just on like all of us and our, presumably we're all wearing Speedos in this situation, right? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to let you stand uh, side by side with me anymore. Um, <laughs> you don't compete with Speedo Josh in a Speedo contest. I discovered this. Better start your squats now, man. I know I'm going to have to work out a lot. <laughs> going to have to skip Christmas dinner this year. deeper V. Very deep Vs. Goodness gracious. Okay. And that, well, thank you, Josh. I do appreciate you having me on, man. It's my pleasure. And that makes it a night. Uh, boogie on, James. <laughs> boogie on, Josh. <laughs>